Welcome back, fans, to episode five of the Q Review. I'm here with Theo Iatru once again. How's it going, Theo? We're back, baby. We're back. What, how's it going, Chris? Not too bad, man. I gotta ask you, is your last name Greek? It is Greek. Where's, it is do you Greek. know where it comes from? Do you, well, I've my, never looked into that. Well, like, my dad's Greek, so... Okay, okay. So I'm 50-50. Okay, I've never looked into like the history of my last name, so I don't... Go on Ancestry. I, on Ancestry? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that cost money? <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't want to do that. Spend the Q review money on it doesn't Ancestry. Bother me. It doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> well, you seem interested. I, I never been on it, but that's all I know is that my last name's Greek, yeah. Yeah, fair you, enough. Tracy seems like a Scottish or something. Yeah, I, I could see that. Something you like look that. like a Scottish kind of I, guy. <laughs> a Scottish kind of guy. What would that look like now? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Q Review, your one-stop shop for everything Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the unofficial podcast of the QMJHL. Did you get up to anything exciting? past week uh yeah i did actually uh went to acadia hoko it was pretty fun i know you were there um yeah it was a lot of fun i got to spend four hours of it I yeah was, <laughs> i was at the baseball university atlantic yeah. and tough showing for acadia oh yeah. and three in the round robin yeah. but you know it is what it is yeah usually sh- the host city doesn't do so hot unless you're the st john sea dogs and just win the memorial cup yeah. after being the host wow no big deal. <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> was, yeah, were but, you throwing shade right there <laughs> No, no, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> the host team doesn't always do great. No, I know, I know. But um, no, Acadia put on a good show. They Holland College was one of the favorites to win. I really? Think they were up on them by three runs at one point. Holland then, College, you wouldn't think they would. Oh, be. they're a big baseball school. Really? I think they advertise themselves as like the best baseball school in I did not Atlanta, know that. Canada. Wow, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, found that out this weekend. So nice. It's kind of cool. Yeah, Acadia Hoko. I was there for a little bit. Um, oh, I have a great story about this. Oh, here we go. I got pulled here over. Here we go. I got pulled over the other week. This was when Kentville won the championship. So I was driving home, and the cops' lights are flashing. And I, I ran a stop sign, so I was like, oh, great, here we go. <laughs> and uh, it was on the, one of the least busiest parts in Wolfville. Yeah. And cop pulls me over, and they go, oh, we were, we were just going to pull you over to uh, let you know we were looking for a car. <laughs> and... You, the car is the wrong color, and it also has the wrong number of doors. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, uh, sweet, bright. I drive a white Camry, so yeah. white. You couldn't find white in the dark. <laughs> you couldn't distinguish the, white the from cop, any other. The cop was colorblind. It must have been like I don't know. And then I'm like thinking again. I'm like, why are you looking for a car in the dark? Like, yeah. unreal. Like I. I mean, good on me. I didn't get a fine or anything, but I definitely blew by a stop sign. Yeah. I was classic. in a rush to get home. Yeah. It's Had to just, make class in the morning. It's just the Scottish <laughs> in you. That's why. The Scottish. Blew, <laughs> blew the Irre- stop. Irrelevant. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I was going to say, I don't think that is anything. <laughs> are are uh, Wolfville uh, cops pretty chill, though? They, I don't know. Hoko is always a... They were actually pretty chill at uh, Hoko. They though. were okay. The uh, I don't know. They weren't as bad as the freaking uh, Dal, uh, as Dal Hoko. Well, I I don't think they mind as long as you're like not doing anything stupid. Like if you have open drinks in the middle of the road, yeah, they're gonna like they yeah. wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't say anything. But then everyone's so out of it, you're like, well, you know, they shoot shoot uh, off. One guy. That's when they get fired up. One guy at Acadia was setting off fireworks right in front of on <laughs> Summer Street, right in the middle of the fire, right in the middle of the street, and the cop just didn't care. That sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a fun time though. Um, a lot more uh, fun than Dal, I would say. It was a yeah. It was pretty. Uh, it was the first one since COVID, so everyone was yeah. bumping and. I think Matt Lang, famous country singer, came to Wolfville. Yeah, I guess that it, concert it was actu- huge. It actually went really well. Yeah, I was there for a bit. And I saw the Quebec Ramparts post a post about him. I was like, man, wasn't he just in Wolfville? Let's yeah. See. <laughs> he's gone he's going. He's going everywhere. Yeah, he doesn't mind. No, apparently it was a good show. I watched some clips, and I do like Matt Lang. He's a great singer. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk QMJHL. Some news around the league. The CHL unveiled a new Mem- Memorial Cup Legacy Scholarship. Wow. So the criteria is eligible applicants must be 17 to 22 years old, a resident of St. John, New Brunswick and pursuing a post-secondary education in the region, as well as an active community volunteer who is dedicated to serving underrepresented community members in addition to promoting a healthy, active lifestyle. 
So it says St. John, but my guess is like whoever the host city is, then it's for that city. Mm -hmm. So I think the Memorial Cup host next year is Kamloops, Kamloops, BC. Is that a good spot? Yeah, I think the Blazers are like sixth in the ranking, maybe seventh. No, I'm saying location-wise. Oh, I think so. I think uh, it's okay. pretty close to Vancouver. I, I'm not a big geography yeah, guy, but I think it's something like that. I almost failed geography, so probably, so not, I, my, so probably I, not my cup of tea. So I think I think it will be like Kamloops, a guy from Kamloops will win it next year. You know what I mean? Like yeah, St. John I, this year. I see. I see. Speaking of school, Frankie LaPena, goaltender for the Charlottetown Islanders, named Scholastic Player of the Month for September. Some of his academic achievements include... He had got a school bursary from the Montreal Canadiens in wow. 2018. Finalist for the QMJHL's Marcel Robert Trophy in 2021, which I believe is the top academic player in the queue as far as grades go. Uh, he's been Scholastic Player of the Month many times, and he was in- also invited to the Leafs camp and the Anaheim Ducks camp this past year. And he only has four courses left to complete his C- I think it's C-E-G-E-P program of studies in business and commerce. So congratulations, Frankie. That's a huge achievement. And I think it's great when people get these. I think this is like a uh, under the radar like award. Hmm. People are always so focused on the statistics, but they don't realize how much school these guys are grinding yeah. during yeah. school. I, I, if I made the queue, I would definitely butcher all the classes for well, sure <laughs> well i saw someone on the wildcats i think it might have been thomas oje he took the took the instagram and just like showed the day oh i saw and that like, yeah, yeah first yeah. thing in the morning they were yeah. in the classroom yeah no thanks yeah no <laughs> that, would, that would be a no for me but no good for frankie that's huge and i think whether he you know if he doesn't go pro i think he'll definitely get a university scholarship somewhere is this guy going to harvard or i i don't know <laughs> no, hopefully acadia that'd be great <laughs> hopefully he goes to acadia yeah maybe you can do his games at acadia so the qmjhl also announced their consent awareness workshop starting on october 17th which was monday the workshop's objective is to raise awareness and educate individuals on the importance of respect in relationships there will be discussions around concepts such as sexual assault and consent Many test cases will be presented to participants so they can better understand real-life situations. Sexual violence and the risks related to social media will also be underlined. So we talked about a few weeks ago when they had their new uh, procedures out for reporting sexual assault and all that stuff. So I think this is another great idea for the queue, just so the players are in the mix as well as the coaches because, you know, you can say whatever you want. doesn't mean anyone's going to right yeah and with everything going down with hockey canada right now yeah. i think it's huge that they it's got a bit it. of a bit of a shit show going on with hockey canada but they're doing the right thing for sure the queue yeah so good on the queue looking at the chl top 10 rankings no movement as far as placing goes except the mooseheads moved down to honorable mention after losing their first game in regulation to the muckton wildcats uh sherbrooke quebec and gatineau stay put at second third and sixth respectively looking at the qmjhl team of the week Forwards, we got Thomas Belgard of the Victoriaville Tigre. Six points in three games. He had a goal against Ramuski, two assists versus Bathurst, and two goals and an assist versus the St. John Sea Dogs in that 7 nothing blowout win. Damn. The overage forward has 10 points in six games so far this season. At forward, you also got Pierre-Olivier Waugh of the Ramparts. Three goals, three assists in three games. Had an assist against Bathurst, scored his first career hat trick and a career-high five points against the Sea Dogs. Sea Dogs just getting blown out by Victoriaville and Quebec. Yeah, my my predictions are they're tanking for sure. Waugh has ten points in six games, also an overager for the Quebec Ramparts. Josh Waugh, shocker, on the team of the week. Yeah, two games, six points. Had a goal and two assists in both games against St. John Shawinigan. Continues to dominate the queue with seventeen points in seven games. On defense, Jeremy. Biaka Budica, Biaka Budica, I believe it is. That's that's a tongue twister for sure. That yeah, four points in three games with three goals, scored two goals and assists, including the overtime winner against the Cape Breton Eagles, and he also scored against Drummondville. Also an overager, Jeremy has three goals and an assist in three games this season. I'm not looking forward to saying that name ever again. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. Let's hope he doesn't win again or something. See, the Q sent me all the pronunciations of all the names, and I still still butchered it. Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. Well, it's, you uh, have to know all these players are from 
all over. So yeah, yeah it's so hard. But I think he's from Quebec. That's still wow. a tough name. Well, <laughs> that's, Jesus, that's hard, man. That's a hard name in Quebec for sure. Also on defense, you got Tristan Leneau of Gatineau, three points in two games, scored goals in games against Shawinigan and Bay Camo, and then in their second game against Bay Camo on the weekend, added an assist. The Anaheim Ducks prospect has six points in eight games so far this season. In goal, also the QMJHL Player of the Week, William Blackburn, 3 0 970 save percentage, one goals against average. He's a huge reason Valdor is exceeding our uh, predictions. We had Valdor finishing pretty low in the standings, but. But we did say good things about them. We, yeah, I said it could have been, you know, it could have gone either way. Like. As long as other guys, like, besides Robita, showed up. Well, Robita is obviously the power. He's the heartbeat of the team. But he he's, can't carry them all yeah, the way. You need can't. all the other guys to. Yeah. And William Blackburn's doing just that. He's, like I said, 970 save percentage in those three games. Gave up one goal in each of the three games on the weekend. 28 saves against Ruan Naranda. 46 saves against Blainville, which was a career high. And 24 saves against Ramuski. Blackburn's now 5-2 and two on the season with a 2.29 GAA. And a 9.35 save percentage. That is unreal That's for the QMJHL. That's a very high save percentage. That's nuts. I find all the higher ones are usually like 9, between 9.10 and 9.20 in yeah, the Q. Yeah, that's like the average, but then that's just an insane stat for sure. Like I said, huge reason why Valdor is exceeding all expectations. Because yeah. I'm sure we weren't the only people that wrote them off. Because we were, we were discussing in a couple pods ago that Val, what do you think the defense, like do you think the goalies goalies are, are still gonna like put well, we up. didn't know their goalies. yeah i like, know no i'm just saying like yeah with the defense it's not that great i would say valador's defense but like he's still putting on a show you love to see it good for blackburn yeah and i think valador is gonna be you know they're surprising everyone they're yeah. not gonna be easy to play against yeah. yeah hopefully he comes in town when they play halifax yeah team canada announced their rosters for the u17 challenge the Cape Breton Eagles, Thomas Lavoie, Thomas Rousseau, and Baycomo's Justin Poirier will play for Team Black. Gabriel Diagla of Victoriaville and Owen Phillips of Halifax will play for Team Red. Spencer Gill and Quinn Kennedy of Ramouski, Maxim Massé of Chicoutimi, and Elliot Letalier of Blainville will play for Team White. For anyone that doesn't know, that's like the, obviously the younger of the, um, like, kind of like the U18s, but it's like, I think it's, is there other international teams in there? No. I think it's just it's, Canada. It's just a Canada development camp, basically. Okay, yeah. So they basically just play against each yeah. other. It's like think, red versus white versus black. I think that starts November 3rd. 3rd to the 7th, I believe. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that'll be fun to watch. I'm sure there's a stream you can find somewhere. Yeah. Maybe even TSN. I don't know. We'll have to I'm, look into I'm, that. I'm not sure about the streaming sites. But. If we find a link for it, we will post it in our bio yeah. and our story. So you guys can check that out. Check out the top prospects for the QMJHL. Yeah. Looking at all the statistics standings, Justin Gill continues to lead the league in points with uh, 21 points, and he also leads with 12 goals. Jordan Dume and Josh Warr tied for first and assists with 11. Gabriel Dagla. Just a reminder, he's 15 years old. Crazy. Leads the league in goals against average and save percentage with a one goals against average and 963 save percentage. Yeah, and his draft is 2025. Yeah, he's not eligible for the draft for three years. That's, that's, cr- that's bizarre. So he's like the goalie of Connor Bedard, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sherbrooke has the league's best power play at 37.9, and they also own the best penalty kill at 90.5. And the Ramparts aren't too far behind on the penalty kill with 90.2. And I was also reading that Sherbrooke has the second most penalties per game at like 13 minutes a game. So Yeah, that's that'll do it. Their team's unreal. That'll do it. <laughs> also, I swear, I swear it was Halifax that had the best power play, but maybe not. Hmm. Oh, well, all good. It's definitely close. Yeah. So, like we promised, we're going to have game recaps of the week, all your news, and... Later on, we're going to have our first interview on the Q Review. We'll release that name later. But diving into the game recaps of the week, on Thursday you had Charlottetown and Cape Breton. Charlottetown defeated Cape Breton 4-3 in overtime. Michael Horth had two goals in the win, continues his hot start to the year. Jacob Rabonich, Vegas Golden Knights prospect, had three assists. Jeremy B., I'm not going to try and pronounce that again, B., 
Biaka Budica <laughs> scored twice and added an assist, including the game-winning goal less than a minute into overtime. That was good. That was a good pass. I think I'm going to check it afterwards oh, okay. <laughs> just to see how close it was. Yeah. Rookie Luke Patterson for the Eagles was named first star, and as he scored, now has four points in five games. He played seven games last year, but I think with the you have to play like 20-something games to be considered a, like not a rookie, Okay, I think. Something like that. Ivan Ivan chipped in two assists for Cape Breton as well. Uh, Drummondville and Halifax. Halifax beat Drummondville 5-2. I was at that game. You guys would have seen the updates on our story. So thank you to the Halifax Mooseheads for allowing us media access for that game. Yep. Uh, Jake Furlong liked one of the pictures. So that Not was kinda, a big that deal. That was kind of cool. So. Shout out Jake Furlong. Not a Jake, big deal. if you're listening, you want an interview, <laughs> send us a DM. We'll... <laughs> We're desperate. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, we, I'm joking. No, we're not desperate. Well, we would definitely take you for sure. Jordan Dume sniped his second of the year, which was the game winner for the Moose. Dume, Vitacek, Biaska, and Cataford had multi-point games for the Moose. Nova Scotia native Luke Woodworth had both goals for the Voltageur. He looked great out there. He was buzzing he's, all he's around the ice. Nasty man. Him and Tyler Peddle together are just like even though Tyler Peddle doesn't have that many. I think he just got his first goal the other day. Yeah. Um, them two are they're doing uh, well. There was quite a few penalties too, and the Mooseheads took advantage, going two for five on the power play. Yeah, that power play, like you mentioned before, is gross. Shawinigan beat Bathurst five to two in a shocking victory. I didn't think that was yeah, going to happen. No. William Vallette and Daniel Agostino had two goals each to lead the Cataracts to victory. Ben Allison had a goal and an assist for Bathurst. Jacob Melanson and Loris. Raffino Metsoa had a fight during the game. Melanson had a dirty hit on uh, Mathis Cloutier. Melanson only got the five-minute major, but Loris had the uh, five-minute major. Melanson game misconduct and two-minute instigator penalty. So I watched it. Basically, he came up from behind him and just like kind of bear clawed him and pulled him around and. Started chucking the knuckles. So. Melanson's having a hard time lately with the. Oh yeah, greasy. people are all over him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, when you're when you're a good player, it's oh no, you hit someone you're yeah. you better watch it. Yeah, no. You, I'm surprised no one came to Melanson's fight though. But then again, I'm not sure who would. Like, yeah, he's a that. big he's a big boy. He's a big boy. I think he can handle himself. Usually with a team like Shawinigan, who we didn't expect to make much noise, we actually had them missing the playoffs. They usually teams like that they don't care as much teams like arizona if you think in the nhl they're just they don't really care game to game but uh, yeah. i think it was great to see uh them standing up for their teammates and yeah. showing a sense of heart and that's what's going to win you games man heart can win you it's lots all, of games it's all about the heart yeah exactly those were all the thursday games friday we had drummondville beating cape breton four to two drummondville spoils the eagles home opener as anaganish native tyler Peddle, who we just mentioned yep. had the winner Sam Johnson had both goals for Cape Breton. Cam Squires had two assists. Lincoln Waugh, a third-round pick for the Eagles, was called up and made his Q debut due to the injuries on the Eagles' blue line with Justin Bergeron and Jeremy Langlaw out. Five of the six Eagles defenders in that game were rookies. Damn. And I was reading on Twitter that Thomas Lavlaw, the first overall pick from last year, is averaging 25 minutes a game right now. Yeah, he's only he's 16, 16 years yeah. old. Yeah, that is unreal. That's some Thomas Chabot he's, stuff right there. Yeah, he's the he must be the leader for. Oh, I for, think so. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be. Uh, Ruan Aranda beat Ramuski two to one. Bill Zonin was the hero as he scored with 47 seconds left in OT to lead the Huskies to victory. Daniel Borash scored his sixth of the season. Maxime Corso scored for the Oceanic, and Patrick Hammerlev had 31 saves for the losing Ramuski team. This was the Battle of the Gill Brothers as Dylan of Rouen, Aranda, and Spencer of Ramuski played against each other. Dylan had the last laugh as he got the win and two assists. Spencer was pointless in that game. Back to Bill Zahn. We were pretty right about... Oh, yeah. He's, he's nasty, man. We were pumping man. his tires. Yeah. Bill Zahn is he, good, man. He's listening to the pod. We know it. He's a he's a big guy. Yeah. and like he's plays like he's... He's similar to, like... Josh um, Anderson. Josh Anderson. He's big, but he has, like, good hands. Yeah. Shakudami defeat Shawinigan 4-1, to the, the battle of the two teams we had missing the playoffs. Uh, the dream team, maybe. <laughs> Charles Antoine Lavallee, the former Shawinigan Cataract, was named the first star as he made 28 saves. And this, the uh, the SAG scored four unanswered goals in the win. 
I think that's huge for Lavalie returning to Schwinnigan for the first time. So many memories there winning the President's Cup. Yeah. I think it's great that he got the last laugh. Yeah. Carter Ansoms, who I actually know from back home, he's from Canning, Nova Scotia. He fought Eli Bo- what it? Bale, Bill Argen after hitting one of his teammates. Ansoms got a five minute major in misconduct and a two minute instigator. Similar play to the. Melanson? Yeah, similar play to Melanson. He basically just pulled him in. <laughs> it wasn't much of a fight. Ansoms is six <laughs> foot eight. Yeah. And, uh,. The other guy's five foot nine. Yeah, so, Ansem's a big boy too. He, yeah, I I bet the Sags are lucky to have Ansem's because you know keep the opponents on their toes. You no one wants to mess around when he's I'm on the ice. Kind of surprised that Titan traded him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just had like a defense surplus. Yeah, not sure. Emmanuel Vermet was given a five minute major in a game misconduct during that game, and he was later suspended for two games by the Q. There was almost forty minutes in penalties in this game. Absolute <laughs> bloodbath. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, Sherbrooke defeated St. John 6-1, to one, like we said on the weekend. St. John is getting blown out. But, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. It's only early. We'll uh, see if they turn it I, around. I don't know about that. We'll see if they turn it around. <laughs> uh, top line for Sherbrooke dominated as the line of Wah Gill and Ethan Goche combined for seven points. Goaltender Jacob Robillard made 34 saves in the victory. Noah Reinhardt scored for St. John. After the sixth goal... Uh, Shingarov left the game. That's the goaltender for St. John. Ventislav Shingarov left the game with injury, which is not good considering. I haven't heard Nick Herbatees in a long time. I don't know where he, he is. He hasn't played yet. He hasn't played yet? No. I was looking all over Twitter and I don't like, there was no injury report or anything. Yeah. Like maybe he signed pro. I don't know. That's news to me. I, I was surprised. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I know. So now they're down to their third and fourth string goalie. So that's not good. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. I think this game really showed the difference between an elite team like Sherbrooke and a rebuilding team like the Sea Dogs, big time. It, yeah. you know, it really. But you know, St. Sher- John's coming off. Well, the, with Sherbrooke, three of their players, their whole line is top in scoring right now. Yeah, the top three are littered with Sherbrooke Phoenix players. Like they're so gross. Like, yeah, it's, they're nasty. It's crazy. Uh, and you know, St. John coming off the Memorial Cup, that's just yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, is what it, it is. It's expected. Yeah. Gatineau defeated Bay Camo 4 nothing. Ty Austin, who came over from the OHL, Ottawa 67s, and the Peterborough Peets, had his first QMJHL shutout. Zach Dean, Tristan Leneau, Isaac Beliveau, and Samuel Savoy scored for the high-flying Olympique. All NHL prospects. Zach all Dean. four of them. Zach Dean, again, he's, he's having a wonderful year as well. Oh, yeah. And Olivier... Carlo had 27 saves in the Baycomo loss. I want to talk about Ty Austin because I meant to last couple weeks, but yeah. his story's interesting. He he had one season left as a 20-year-old, could have played in the OHL. I'm guessing no teams wanted to sign him. Then he commit to Acadia, and then I, all of a sudden he signed with Gatineau. And yeah. good on him because Gatineau's a wagon. Gatineau's a lot better than and Acadia for Gatineau. sure this year. Like, yeah. No. You know, Acadia is going to come around. No, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not ripping up Acadia. No, no, I'm just saying that Gatineau is an absolute powerhouse. I can't believe no one in the OHL took this guy. Like he's playing pretty good so far. I don't see anything wrong with him. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. No, he's doing great so far. Yeah. Uh, we got Quebec defeated Acadie Bathurst six to two. Rampart scored four unanswered goals. Mikhail Houchette was named the first star as he potted two goals. James Malatesta had two goals, including the game winner, and an assist as the Ramparts keep rolling. Riley Kidney and Dylan Andrews had the T-Tan goals. With about 11 minutes left in the third, Edward Carrier was assessed a five-minute major and a match penalty for kicking. Hmm. He was later given a one-game suspension. Isn't this the game that you said they, uh, you said someone combined for three, or, uh... 16 points. In this game? Uh... No. Oh, no. Okay. No. Okay. Um, it we'll was... talk about that later. We can, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. That's something else we were talking about today, but you guys will get to hear so, that by the end of the year. That, that was versus uh, St. John. Okay. We'll get yeah. into that as Theo covers Saturday and Sunday after we do our interview. Yeah. And our last game on Friday was Valdor defeating Blainville 5-1. to one. QMJHL Player of the Week, William Blackburn, made a career-high 46 saves to hold the Armada to one goal. Rookie Thomas LaRouche and William Provost had multi-goal games. Justin Robida had only one assist. Wow. 
You don't see so, that a whole lot. Like we mentioned earlier, this is what the fours need if they want to be competitive this season. They need offense from guys that aren't Robita. Similar to the Oilers, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, both great players. But they just need the depth. And they, you know, they were just missing the playoffs. And once they picked up guys like Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, you know, support for those guys, right? They started rolling. They went to the conference final. Even though Duncan Keith isn't as good as he was, that was a huge plus for, like, leadership. But Yeah, so similar to that, I think if all those guys can keep producing, Valdor's going to surprise everybody. And Jonathan Fauchon had the lone goal for Blainville. Like we promised, we've got our very first interview coming up. We are going to, we had an interview with Liam Kidney, current Acadia Axman player, former Cape Breton Eagle, Acadie Bathurst T10, Drummondville Voltageur, and as well as the Ramuski Oceanic. I'm just pulling up Liam's stats right now. He's been hot since coming on the interview, though. Had a hat trick the other night against yeah. the Moncton Eagle Blue. It's, it's the Q review effect, man. I'm telling you. That's right. Free free stat boost. That's why every player on the Q needs to watch this pod to get absolutely pumped up with the with the points. So in three games so far this season with Acadia, Liam has five goals and one assist for six points in three games. Three games. Wow, that's crazy. Liam, we brought him on, talked about uh, you know playing with his brother and all the trades he's been through over the years and playing in Cape Breton. He had a lot of fun playing in Cape Breton, he was telling me. And he's a great guy off the ice. He's actually subletting for me as we speak. So, nice. Liam, if you're listening, I appreciate you subletting for me, <laughs> keeping the place cozy. Anyway, we will bring on Acadia Axman player Liam Kidney. An 11th round draft pick of the Cape Breton Eagles. He went on to play five seasons with three different teams. He's currently in his first season at Acadia University. Please welcome to the podcast, Liam Kidney. How's it going today, Liam? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. How are, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about your transition from junior hockey into the university ranks. What's the offseason been like for you so far? And what are you taking at Acadia? Uh, so, so far throughout the offseason, I kind of was working on a golf course all summer and then uh, after work, I go hit the gym and work out there to get ready for the season. But uh, yeah, it's been all good so far in the off season. But uh, the KD, I'm taking uh, business. Okay, business always a helpful discipline for sure. Yeah, uh, it's er- I know it's early in the season, but you would have had some practices and some team bonding and stuff like that. What can you say the differences so far between the Q and the AUS have been, whether it's like on the ice, intensity of your practices, scheduling, stuff like that? Uh, for sure so far, definitely just like uh, the strength and the, the time and space is different in AUS with playing against older guys. They're, they're more sound defensively and make less mistakes compared to playing against the like in the queue you would play against 20 or sorry you would play against 16 year olds in the AUS you would play against like 25 year olds so it's just a difference that way uh but yeah it's it's just just definitely just the strength and time and space when you have the puck and when you're playing on the ice you kind of gotta make a play a bit quicker and be be more sturdy on your feet what are what are some of the factors that influence your decision to come to Wolfville at Acadia University? Why Acadia? Um, when I was younger, I'd always go to the Darren Burns like hockey camps in the summer, and my parents and I would always come down in Wolfville in the summer and just kind of go out to dinner, or, like check just just kind of drive around Wolfville because it's such a nice town, and I'd go watch games. When I was younger there too, so I think kind of right away I knew um, when I got the call from Darren that I wanted to come here, so it was a pretty simple choice. Well, that's good that you have such a close connection with Acadia before even coming there. That's huge. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back yeah. to your days in the QMJHL. You're drafted in 2017 in the 11th round by, at the time, the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Take us back to draft day. How was it spent? What were some of your best memories from it? And what was your reaction to becoming a Screaming Eagle? Uh, yeah, so... When I was heading to the draft, the draft was in St. John, and I only really talked to Cape Breton and Quebec, but my meeting with Cape Breton seemed to be a pretty good one, so since it was somewhat close to my house, only four hours away, me and my, it was only me, my dad, and my brother there, because my mom didn't want to go because she was nervous, but um, 
yeah, we just decided to head up there just kind of for the experience and kind of check it out, hoping that I'd hear my name get called. Um, but yeah, throughout the the whole draft, I I was there in the eleventh round, so I was probably sitting down in the stands for probably about four hours and getting closer to when my name was called. I heard um, a couple of guys' names got called, and I was kind of not. I wasn't mad. I was a little worked up, thinking I could have could have went there or could have went there, but. I remember uh, the best memory I had from him is when I was just sitting down and I remember hearing Cape Breton's table say uh, the Scream Eagles are selecting from Cole Harbor or Major Midget and I kind of sat up my seat a bit more and then they said my name and I remember my dad kind of lost his mind a bit. He was screaming. He's like, F yeah, go down and get that jersey. Stuff like that. It was It was a super unreal experience and you know, I didn't know if I was going to get drafted, but no, like being there and hearing my name get called in person, it was it was a lot better than sitting down on my couch at home. I'm sure it was well worth the wait for you and your mom who didn't go because she was stressed. I'm sure it was huge for yeah. her to hear your name. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right. So throughout your career, you played on some pretty good teams. I was looking at some of the rosters. One of the big ones was the 2019-20 team that was. It obviously got po or paused because of the COVID pandemic. Before that pause, you guys were looking to make a huge run. You had guys like Igor Sokolov, Ryan Francis, and the late addition of Tyler Heinem. Let's talk about that team and what it was like playing with players of such high talent. Yeah, that was that was a really special group, and I think I really think everybody on that team really thought that um, come playoff time we could have made a big run in the playoffs and could end up winning the winning the Presidents Cup, but COVID kind of shut that down. But you know, I playing with those guys like just a ton of talent like I played with uh, Ryan Francis for I think six years um and three of them being in Cape Breton and then played in Major Bantam and Major Midget but I remember Igor uh went to World Juniors and he came back after like a I think it was like a 10 hour flight and he just showed up like 30 minutes before the game in St. John he came out and scored a hat trick and I think got an assist with that too, and but it's just those guys like Franny could see the ice so well. Igor, he had a professional shot, like an NHL shot, but like, ever since he came to Cape Breton, and Heine's just such a hard worker and such a good good guy off the ice, and got everybody close. And you know, for me, I was eighteen, I wasn't getting all the ice him in the world, but he he kind of just always talked to me. He was being a really good guy and told me to just keep going and I was online with them for a little bit but yeah just all those guys just kind of were a great part of our team and they would have helped us win it for sure if I could have played out. Tyler Heinem another former Acadia Axeman Igor Sokolov looking to make a stride with the Ottawa Senators as mentioned before your 2019-20 season was cut short let's talk about that shutdown what was what was it like at the end of March how did you guys find out and what was the reaction of the team? Yeah, well, I remember hearing in the news some virus in China that was going around. All of us were like, yeah, it's never going to come here. It's probably just going to stay in China. But it ended up, I think, coming here. And then we didn't really know what was going on, but I remember hearing that the league could possibly be in a shutdown. So I remember we all went to a guy's house, had a little party just in case, and we were kind of talking about it. Um think like we were saying that we don't think if it does get on pause it'll only be in pause for a week or so and then we'll get back to playoffs but uh yeah i remember we had a team meeting at the rink and the gm and coach were saying just you're you're getting sent home right now but um we're keeping your gear here because we don't think it'll be too long and then it ended up shutting down the rest of the season which was unfortunate and you know i feel for definitely all the 20 year olds old guys on that team that didn't get to uh make the run and that uh, their last season, but it was definitely uh, upsetting when we all heard that because we all thought that we could have uh, went far in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, you guys did a lot more of a like gradual shutdown. The NHL, I know, for example, they just cut it cold turkey. But for you guys, it was more like week by week, see how it plays out. So mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't really know what was going on. Right. So. You spend a majority of your career with the Eagles. Talk about what it's like to play hockey in Cape Breton. Describe the city and what it's like to play in front of those Eagles fans. Being the one of the only teams in the area, I'm sure your guys' fans are pretty passionate about their Eagles. 
Yeah, it was for like a small, little small town, kind of whenever you'd walk down the street, there'd always be fans talking with you, asking for pictures and stuff, so that was super cool. But the fans were unreal. They were so passionate about the team. They wanted to see that team win. And, uh, yeah, just being kind of in that small town Sydney area, um, being at the rink, they're, that, during that 1920 year, there's probably 4,000 people there every night, close to close to 5,000 all being sold out, which was awesome seeing the fans. But, uh, yeah, that, the Eagles fans are definitely top notch. Your final season, you get traded three times, first to the Acadie Bathurst T10, then the Drummondville Voltageur, and finally the Ramuski Oceanic. Walk us through what those trades were like. I'm sure it'd be difficult, not only in the moment of the trades, but also thinking about what could happen next. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, at the end of um, my 19 year, I came off that year, and I was the best best season of my career so far. Um, I was pretty confident I was going, going back to Cape Breton as a 20, but um, I remember in the middle of summer, my agent called me saying that, Cape Breton might want to try and trade me. I was kind of shocked by that. I thought it would have been a eagle for life. But, um, yeah, a couple weeks go along, and then the trade period finally opens up. And I keep on kind of checking my phone, checking the trade, see if anything happened. And uh, I didn't get anything. I was texting my agent a bit, nothing really. And then close to the end of the day, I get a call from my coach um, saying that Cape Breton is trading me to Bathurst. And that was kind of a shocking moment for me because I remember that Cape Breton was back and forth about keeping me or not. But, yeah, that ended up happening. So that was pretty unfortunate. I really enjoyed my time in Cape Breton. But I I was thankful for Bathurst picking me up and giving me a, more of an opportunity to stay in the queue, which was nice. Was there a specific trade that was harder to deal with than the others? For sure, the the Cape Breton one to Bathurst, that was uh, a lot tougher for me. And then going from Bathurst to Drummondville, I, I knew when I was in Bathurst that I wasn't going to be playing, so I wanted to try and get traded, and Drummondville traded for me, and I was there for, I think, about 10 games until Christmas. And I come home for Christmas, and I'm expecting to head back to Drummondville. I remember waking up one morning from a missed call from my GM, so I call him back, and he said I got traded to Ramusi, which is a pretty big shock. You know, I was kind of expecting to stay in Drummondville for the rest of, the, rest of my career, I guess, to finish off. But, um, yeah, so getting traded uh, from Cape Breton to Bathurst and then Drummondville to Ramusi were, were quite shocking to me, I guess. Yeah, when I checked out your trade history, I was quite surprised. I don't see too many guys get traded three times, especially throughout two different provinces or three. But, yeah, I know. But on the bright side, the trade with Bathurst, you got the chance to play with your brother Riley, a second-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens. How did it feel to be able to play with your brother, even though it was for a short time? What's he like on the ice? It was unreal, especially for my parents. When I would be in Cape Breton, my parents would have to make trips up to Bathurst and then have to go to Cape Breton. But it was unreal for them because they could just travel up and watch both of us play at the same time. And when I played, I think I think I played ten games at Bathurst. I think I was on the line with my brother for about six or seven games, which was super nice. You know, my brother is one of the smartest guys you play and play hockey with. You know, he just sees the ice so well and makes plays you don't even know how he does. Like I remember, he would have the puck in the corner, just spin around and pass it to me in the slot, and I would go to the bench and be like, "How did you even see me do that? Or how did you even see me?" And he just he just he just reads the play so easily and playing with him is just such a hard worker and such a hard, like such a, uh, uh, sorry, such a, like a competitor. Like he never wants to lose. He gives his effort all the time. Every time he's on the ice and just, just an unreal guy to play with. And it was crazy for my last season in the league to finally be able to step on the ice and play with some brother instead of against them. Riley just got back from the World Juniors as one of the forwards for the gold medal winning Canadians. Did you get to spend any of that with him, or did you just watch from home? Yeah, I was up in Edmonton for, for all the games. Must have been awesome to see. It was it was unreal, yeah. Now you're at Acadia University after a long Q career. One thing that the QMJHL and the Canadian Hockey League likes to embrace is their scholarship program. Can you touch on how that program has helped you with schooling and how much teams really embrace education while also playing hockey? 
yeah, for sure. In the queue, it's it's mandatory for uh, players to be in uh, be in school while they play. Um, so in university, for the older guys in the queue, they have to take at least two courses a semester in order to get paid from the team. Um, so when I was kind of playing there, I it, was, it kind of sucked going to school. But now that I'm going to Acadia and you know with Cape Breton, like in the queue, there's a there's a school fund where you get money for each class, and Cape Breton had a bursary. I think it's the Greg uh, Greg Lynch Fund. I think oh, I don't want to mess up that name, um, but yeah, he there's a bursary with Cape Breton that uh, that helps you out with more with more school for more money for you, which is which is super nice. And you know the Q pushing school so hard on hard on the players. It's nice to kind of come into Acadia with with having some, some credits already done and some courses already out of my way. Like I mentioned, you had a long Q career with four different teams. If you could pick one or two memories that really stuck out to you, what would they be? For sure, one would be playing with my brother. I mean, I, I, I don't think when we grew up we'd ever even imagine that would even happen. But I remember we'd be in the basement and play mini six together, play road hockey together. and We'd always play against each other our whole life, like, I guess before the queue, we never got to play against each, or we never got to play with each other, but uh, being in the queue, me being able to play on the ice with them in an actual game was, was unreal, and it was definitely crazy for my whole family being able to watch that, but that was for sure one, but another one would probably just be hearing my name get called at the draft, and just meeting all of all the good teammates all my all my good friends now from the league that'll uh, have those friendships forever Acadia is coming off a first round exit at the U Sports National Tournament as the host last year what are the team's expectations for you and the team going into the season uh yeah we want to we want to be a very hard very uh tough team to play against and not let the other team play easy games we want to we want to be able to win games and and hopefully make a run and come March. But uh, for me, for me this year, I wanna I want to be able to produce for the team and play good defense for the team, and uh, you know just just play my best hockey. Always play hard, play physical, and and hopefully that everything works out. Liam, thanks for your time, man, and good luck with the rest of the season with the Acadia Axemen. Yes, thank you very much. That was Liam Kidney, five-year veteran of the QMJHL and current Acadia Axeman forward. And like we said, that is Liam Kidney, former Drummondville Voltageur, Cape Breton Eagle, Acadie Bathurst T10, and Ramuski Oceanic, current Acadia player. What a great guy, man. Like, he, he's really exceeding the expectations up in Acadia, I think. They had a lot of recruits this year, and they're coming off that disappointing national championship loss, yeah. so... I think he he's playing with uh, Bailey Peach right now, another former Q guy. They found some chemistry, it seems like. So, nice. thanks for coming on, Liam. And we got uh, we got Theo, who's gonna recap some of the Saturday and Sunday games. Yeah. So, Cape Breton versus Moncton. I would say that was the game of the week for sure. Um, even though it was a low scoring game, um, one nothing. Uh, Cape Breton Cape Breton wins in the shootout. Um, Oliver Stanty, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, could be butchering it, but uh, 43 save shutout. And Jacob uh, Steinman, 30, 34 save uh, shutout and uh, loss, unfortunately. But uh, Kate Bryan, awesome effort. Um, the And it is a young squad. This team is very young, so I we were talking about it earlier. They got a bright future. It's the same thing as Falador, but... Playing with Moncton, I know I was harping on them a lot earlier, and I regret saying that. But they're they're a good they're a good team. Um, one person that we mentioned as well is Thomas Lavoie has been playing close to twenty five minutes a game as a sixteen year old, uh, and someone else that uh, that I like watching was Cam Squires. He's having a wonderful year, and um, I know I like pumping up maritime kids, but uh, <laughs> big maritime guy. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and I think Steinman gets credit with the shutout too, since it went to a shootout. Is that how it works? I think he still gets credit with the shutout because he technically didn't give up any regulation goals. He he gave up. I think it's only if you give up regulation goals because think about it. If guys score in the shootout, they don't count as goals on your stats. 
Yeah. Right? So I, I think they're credited both with the shootout. Well, yeah. Or with the shutout, sorry. But when that that that's weird. Is that the same thing in NHL as well? Yeah, I think so. Because I remember reading one time, Patrick Kane technically scored his first NHL goal in a shootout, but it doesn't count to your stats. So his actual one came a couple days later. I know it's a weird stat, but... Anyway, it is what it is, but yeah. the uh, so that was the that was the game. What last night? Yeah, Tuesday game. Uh, what day is it today? Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. and um, Drummondville versus Charlottetown. That was another surprising game too. Um, um, this this game against Drummondville actually surprised me because I believe Drum Drummondville is also like. I, they're a good team, but obviously they're low in the standings. But Charlottetown's a little worse than them. Um, Marcus Kersey with a highlight reel goal snipe on Jacob Gooby. Um, that, he had one goal. Uh, he has one goal, three assists so far. I can't believe he didn't make the U17s. Yeah. That, Four points in seven games. Like, yeah. you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, there's so many other players, too. It's kind of hard know, to... But you... No, no, it's a good take. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. That... Um, Owen Phillips, that was a that was a smart pick by them. Yeah, he's a great player. His snipe, great. his snipe, uh, his first Q goal, that was a that was a pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What other ones you got there? Saint John, Saint John Quebec's on there. Yeah. So, sorry, hey. There we go. Um, yeah, tough year for Saint John, but um, against. Um, Peter Reynolds had uh, seven points against the um, Quebec. Sorry, he had seven points. He has seven points so far. So far in three. the season, yeah, okay. three goals, four assists. Second is scoring for Saint John as Braeburn takes the lead with nine points. It's really only them two who are really producing this year. Um, and I, again, another Maritime boy, Cam McDonald, seems like he's stepping up even though he has only three points so far. Yeah, and this was the game that that. Uh, Theo Rochetteline had 16, 16 points. points as I mentioned before. That that's crazy. I think that's the right stat, but um, yeah, that's that that would be a crazy stat. Um, and uh, Victoriaville versus St. John, um, as we mentioned before, um, Diego with a 9.63 save percentage. That's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> First career shutout 3-0 yeah. on the season. Yeah. He might lead this Victoriaville team to a run. At least next year, I you think. You never know. No, well, it, it could be this year. They y- look pretty yeah. good. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. But for sure, I think they'll make the playoffs next year, too. Also on Saturday, Gatineau defeated Bay Camo 4-3. Zach Dean, first star of that game. He had one goal and one assist. So was that the, yeah, that Zach, was the other one, yeah. Zach Dean continuing to be good. And as long as injuries don't screw him over, I think he'll be, I think he'll be good this season. Yeah. Victoriaville also beat Bathurst six to one. Like I said, they're blowing guys out, man. Like they're, you know, they're they're killing them. They're. I like Victoriaville. Now you Put you me seem, on the wagon. You seem like that. You, you're on them lately. Put I, me on I, the wagon, man. I, I respect it. I respect it. Captain Maxime Peller had two goals and one assist and was named the first star of that game. Also looking at the Sherbrooke Phoenix defeating Shawinigan four to two. Josh Waugh had a goal. Justin Gill had two goals. No shocker there. <laughs> I feel like we just repeat those yeah, two names constantly keep... on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Well, That's... it's well, it's it's understandable. Well, they're they're good, man. They're... You can't not you can't not mention their <laughs> their names every once in a while. Thomas OJ was the hero as Moncton defeated Charlottetown three to two. Uh, Etienne Morin and I believe it's Cole Bishop. Yeah. Cole Bishop also scored. So that's good for them. Moncton. Moncton. Tell you every tell you every episode. Moncton's listen, a wagon. Listen, listen. I know I made a mistake. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm actually yeah, agreeing. I'm I'm, 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 ag- I'm agreeing with you that I made a <laughs> shitty prediction, but listen, I, I'm just I just wasn't I wasn't a fan. And I don't know I have no I have no uh, facts to back that up, but I'm also looking at the Ruin, Aranda, and Ramuski game, and your yeah, boy Leighton Crothers scored. Yeah, see, I, I'm on the Leighton Crothers train for sure. Um, Bill Zonin, two more points. Yeah. Uh, also, there's 
who else scored? Tristan Allard, Ben Brunel. Oh, Leighton Crothers, former third overall pick. Maybe he's finally starting to turn it around. That's what I'm saying. They, they. I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. It's St. John Lamb. Yeah, and with Rowan Miranda, they're not going to have the best year right now, so it's good to play with the young players, which is great. And on Saturday, Alexis Gender on Philadelphia prospect had a hat trick as Blaineville defeated Chicoutimi seven to two. Yeah, Blaineville, another good team. Their goaltending surprised me this season. Charles Edward Gravel, I think he leads the league in shutouts with two. So that's good for them. They have the where we had them or I had them second in the division. Who? I think Blaineville or no, I put them third no, actually. Yeah, you put them second. Second, yeah. Hey, maybe you, know. you never know with those guys too. It's pretty unpredictable. You know what? It's never a knock on the teams when we put out these standings. Like we hope you guys prove us wrong. Like yeah, Valdor, for example, you're just, you're doing a great job. <laughs> that just wrong. bumps up the pod if we're ripping up teams and they do well. Yeah, we're, exactly. It's it's all about the we're teams. just we're just doing <laughs> them we're just doing them a favor. Lucas Romeo was named the first star for Charlottetown as they defeated Drummondville four to one. Uh, Marcus Kiersey, I believe you already mentioned that game, actually. Yeah. Kiersey scored. Uh, Valdor beat Ramuski 3-1 to one on Sunday. Uh, Kale McCallum, first star. And William Blackburn, no surprise there, second star. <laughs> Kale McCallum had a goal and an assist for Valdor. And there was a couple more games here. Moncton. Moncton. Moncton beat in Halifax. I... <sighs> Can't believe it. Yeah, Charles, I, thought, I didn't know that game was on the weekend. That was my bad. Yeah, it was um, on Sunday. Charles uh, Charles Baudon, a guy they picked up from, I believe it was Shawinigan. Yeah, it was. They pick him up from Shawinigan, and he gets gets a couple points there. He gets one goal in that game. Uh, Brady James is still out for the Moosehead, so they called up Adam Adam Katz, I think his name is. It's like one of those names, like TK. I think the T's silent. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with Katz. If it's wrong, someone can call us out in the Instagram. It's a cool little nickname. Oh, yeah. Atelio Biasca, captain for the Mooseheads, had two goals. Uh, He's tearing it up, man. I think he's going to be similar to Igor Sokolov. Hmm. Not the style of play, but, like, his story. Like, getting drafted a year late. Mm -hmm. And I think think he should go this year in the draft. Nine points so far for him. Yep, he's he's killing it right now. Yep. Yep. And that was all the games from then. You already mentioned the Tuesday game. Yep. So that was all of those games. Uh, another thing I would like to mention, once we look at these, one of my a guy I met this summer named Jason Malloy. He used to be a writer for the the Guardian, which is a paper up in PEI, and he also he covered the Charlottetown Islanders quite a bit. So I found this article online, and I got to know Jason pretty well because I would send the when I was working for the Kentville Wildcats, I'd always send the post game reports to him. And being a journalist and me being an aspiring journalist, he was very helpful in telling me, like, just stuff that could help, like, stats that I never thought would be necessary. But, giving you tips? Yeah, giving me some tips. So, Jason, if you're listening, I appreciate you a lot. Shout out, Jason. So, Jason, in this, he he put out his top five players for the Charlottetown Islanders. It's their 10th year anniversary this year. Uh, he didn't necessarily go for, like, top seasons, so you won't see guys like Xavier Simino, Cedric de Rousseau. Uh, you also won't see guys like Patty Gay because they didn't spend – I think all these guys spent their whole career with the Islanders. You, you didn't tell me these names yet, too. No, too, I so. didn't tell Theo yet. I just wanted to hear his thoughts. Yep. So at number five, we have Keith Getson. Hmm? Keith Getson played for the Islanders. He was the captain in his final year. Got traded to Halifax, going on a Memorial Cup run, and I'll never forget Keith Getson in getting the, hit in the Memorial Cup I was, game. I was there. The very first, it was like the first play. Yeah. He got absolutely sandwiched. I was right there, like like up a little more on the stands. Like I got the perfect view, and the, and the whole crowd just went nuts. Well, it went viral, man. Like yeah. it was all over Sportsnet. Yeah. And Spit and Chicklets had it on too. Yeah. Uh, number four, Lucas Cormier. Lucas Cormier just signing pro with Vegas. He's no in surpri- the AHL right now. No surprise there. No, he's he's one of the best defensemen possibly of all time in the queue. Hopefully wow. he does well with Vegas. That's a, that, that, no, I don't disagree with that at all. That's a good take. Yeah. You also got number three, P.O. Joseph, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, uh, Arizona Coyotes draft pick, yeah. but he got traded to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh in the Phil Kessel trade. 
he was always fun to watch, man. He was always quick and great on the power play. And his brothers, gross. Yeah, the Joseph brothers were great players. Uh, number two, Daniel Sprong. Daniel Sprong was the franchise's first ever draft pick, which I didn't know that, so that was kind of cool. From the Netherlands. Oh. In case you didn't know. I thought, you know what? He's from the Netherlands. I, I might sound stupid, but I thought he was from PEI. Nope. Not even, <laughs> I, not even I, close. I, I thought for sure. A whole this, different continent, I, bud. <laughs> I thought this guy was like a homegrown player. <laughs> no, I didn't imagine. know. I didn't know this guy was from Netherlands. What? I don't know if he like actually lived, like how long he lived in the Netherlands. Maybe it was one of those situations like Danny Heatley, born in Germany, but that's because his dad was playing pro or in like, Germany. Um, Alex Kalorn was from uh, Halifax, but he's, he's he grew from, up in Montreal. Yeah. So Daniel Sprong is number two. He was fun to watch too, man. He always dominated the ice so quick. Playing for Seattle, Seattle right now. now. Just got traded. Yep. Just got traded. And number one, Matt Welsh. I don't think that's yeah. a surprise. Yeah. No. Matt Welsh, how he is not a professional hockey player yet blows my mind. Where's he at? He was on SMU. He or... plays for SMU right now. Oh, I thought he left SMU. No. Oh, he, okay. He, uh, I think he's a guy that really wanted to take his education seriously. So, you know, he took a lot of his classes at UPEI during his time in Charlottetown, always focusing on school. Yeah. The whole, sorry to interrupt, keep going. He has, you know, the team's career goalie records, every single one of them. So that was a great list by Jason. There's not many I would, I don't think I would disagree with any of them. Yeah. Um, The whole Welsh or Walsh family is, they're all, all those guys play hockey. Um, and school's always been a big deal yeah, for them too. Yeah, so. they're they're da- they're both the the Welsh's dads. Like Liam Welsh, he's on uh, Halifax now. Um, he's doing well as well. Yeah, I mean Sammy Blay, you could have put in there, but th- all those guys are like what the Charlottetown Islanders were. Those are guys I remember growing up. Keith Getson, you know all those guys. They, I think that's a great list by Jason. Yeah, no, I so, I, I I really agree with that. I, I I would put Lucas Cormier number one though. I think. Yeah, well, I think he needs to prove something first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he he's to, still young, too. Because at two and three, you've got yeah. NHLers. Yeah. Strong Matt, and Joseph are. Yeah. And that, Matt Welsh just holds all the records, so yeah. that's automatic number one. Matt, out of all those players, Matt Welsh is the oldest, I believe. The oldest? Yeah. Cause no, the he's, youngest. Oh, youngest. Oh, yeah. How old is Lucas Cormier? Well, he just went pro, so probably 19. Oh, wow. Okay, well, never mind me. I'm stupid. (laughs) Nah, it's all good, man. (laughs) Uh, What else we got here? Trades to announce. So we mentioned Oliver Satney. He was just traded from Charlottetown to Cape Breton. Last year, Satney had a 21-7-0 record, 264 goals against, 893 save percentage. Invited to Sabres camp in 2021. Uh, Right now, he's 1-2 with a 289 goals against and 920 save percentage. I'm interested to see how he does with this Cape Breton team because, like we mentioned sometimes in the pod, a goalie, goalie stats don't always mean anything in this league because you could play behind a team like St. John, who was the Memorial Cup champion, and have some sweet stats, and then you go to somewhere else, and yeah. it's just not good. And then in return, they get Peter Rep- Repkick and a fourth-round pick, so they basically just trade imports. Yeah. So... All the trade there. Uh, Repich had 10 points in 30 games last year. Pointless in three games this year, but hopefully playing with Charlottetown, he'll figure that out. And the other trade was Olivier St. Louis on Bay Camo goes to Cape Breton. So Cape Breton continuing to make deals for a 12th round pick in 2023. Two assists in 44 games last year and pointless in the only game he had this year. So former 10th round pick. Couple he'll, minor deals, but hopefully Satney can get some starts. All these goalies in the queue are doing really well. It seems like, like so far at least. You got anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Um, I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Well, we want to thank Liam Kidney for coming on our podcast. Uh, Liam, great interview. Appreciate you coming on. If you ever want to come on again, let us know. Uh. On games Wednesday, so yesterday for you guys listening, Valdor's in Bathurst, Sherbrooke's in Baycomo, and Chicoutimi's in Victoriaville. And Thursday, when you guys will be hearing this, Rouen, Aranda, and Cape Breton, Halifax in Charlottetown, Quebec's in Bathurst, and Valdor's in Moncton. As always, thank you guys for listening so much. Follow our Instagram and Twitter, QReview underscore pod. 
Key Review, your one-stop shop for everything Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and the unofficial podcast of the Quebec Major Junior League. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the first interview and our first non-division preview episode as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.